What's up, hardcore humans? Welcome to the Hardcore Humanism Podcast. Today we are talking with Sean Morgan, frontman of the hard rock band Seether. Seether has been rocking for over two decades and has produced some fantastic songs, including, of course, my personal favorite, Broken. I have certain songs that just stay with me forever because they hit some kind of nerve, and Broken is definitely one of them. Now, Seether just released its eighth studio album, which is called, and I hope I pronounce it correctly, Siwis Pakim Parabellum, which is Latin and means, if you want peace, prepare for war. Oh man, I love that title, and it's such a perfect description of what Sean and I discussed today, which is understanding and coping with depression and anxiety. Now, at Hardcore Humanism, our goal is to help you discover your life's purpose and work hard to achieve it. And on the Hardcore Humanism podcast, we talk with people who have overcome barriers to carve out their own path and worked hard to achieve their goals. And one of the most difficult barriers we can face to achieving our life's purpose is when we suffer from a mental illness such as depression or anxiety. Depression is typically associated with not enjoying anything, being sad all the time, having no energy, poor concentration, problems with sleep and eating, and feeling worthless. And when we are anxious, our minds are clouded with worry. We perpetually feel on edge and maybe have horrible panic attacks. How are people supposed to do everything they need to do to lead a purpose-driven life in that context? Be effective at work, engaged in relationships, take care of things around the house. And as we learn from Sean, coping day-to-day and getting treatment we need may feel like an ongoing war that is often necessary to achieve the peace that we need for a purpose-driven life. So let's hear what Sean has to say. You know, one of the things that that you and I have talked about in the past is your mental health advocacy. And I know that that's something that that you're very passionate about uh, and very active in. And so, you know, why don't we start there just talking about uh, what you're doing in that space? Well, um, I I have I try to go day by day and and, and figure it out, man. I've I've I'm seeing a therapist again, which I who I was seeing before the pandemic basically shut everything down. And I I was I was getting to a pretty good place with with working with him Um, and then having lost contact or, or the ability to have the therapy because I don't I don't necessarily like the the video therapy kind of vibe because it's it's a you know he's got a dog that, that lies on your lap and so, so it's, it's like it's all about dealing with the childhood traumas and how they've affected me and, and how they've they've affected my behavioral patterns and my my my, my emotional responses up in, up into my 40s so I'm, I'm trying to rewire those and and, and and break the old negative habits <clears throat> but when I when I'd been through it with him for, for months at, a, at that point, and we had no contact for about six to seven months, uh, it, it was like a, it was just like a nosedive off of a cliff, man. It was like full on depression. Um, I, I, you know, I've, he, he gave, he gave me all these breathing techniques and all these things that, that you're supposed to remember to use, but in real life application, it sometimes becomes more difficult to remember to use them. You know what I mean? Especially when you don't have that weekly lifeline where you can go and sort of re up your, 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 your capability to deal with the daily stresses and anxieties. Um, so basically what I, where I'm at now is, is I'm just trying to get back to a place where I can understand that, um, I'm not a completely useless human being because I can't play shows and I, I'm, it doesn't mean I'm, I'm not productive. It just means that there's other things that I could be doing to, to make myself feel useful and productive. Um, but yeah, there's definitely been, there's definitely been, I think of late more bad days than good just because um, it's been, it's just been a very trying time to feel like my entire livelihood has been taken away from me. 
Um, and, and, and that's, you know, that's obviously due to the, the reasons we all know, but it's been such a, such an interesting thing to, to understand that, for example, there's no guarantee that as of right now that we're going to go back to work next year. They, they, they say there's tentative saying, you know, that, that we're sure there'll be chances of touring, but there's a very good chance. There's another year that's going to go by where we're not going to be able to tour. So that's, something I've, I'm learning to come to terms with. And I'm, I'm trying to, I have to figure out what else I can do with my life and which other avenues I can pursue. Um, because this one might be taken away from me involuntarily for, for quite some time. So it's up to me to find something else that makes me feel worthwhile and, and that I have some sort of worth. Um, but th- yeah, that's, that's a, that's, that's a struggle too. It's, it's, it's just, it's just interesting because the, I've lived for so long, for two decades, I've lived under the assumption that there's a, there's this sort of a cyclical nature of my life. It's a, it's write and record an album, tour for 18 months to two years, write and record an album, and then just rinse and repeat. You know what I mean? And now for the first time ever, that isn't, hasn't been the case. And it's been, it's been alarming in a sense to see how, how quickly that got to me. You know what I mean? Cause it's such a, it's such a, it's such a double-edged sword because on one hand I'm seeing my three-year-old who was two and a half, but when this all started, so I'm seeing how she develops and grows and how her vocabulary has exploded and, and how this little person is slowly emerging from this, from this, uh, you know, this toddler body. And if I'd been on the road, I wouldn't have seen that. So that part of it is I'm so happy and grateful for. Um, the other side is I am starting to wonder if, if really, if touring like we used to in the old days is something that I want to do anymore. You know what I mean? So now I'm having an existential crisis as well as far as um, do I still want to do this for a living as far as a touring musician? Um, because I've, I've been doing that now since I was you know, 20 years old. So, so almost 22 years now. Um, or, are there other things that I that I might decide are more important to me now, and I, maybe I, I I start shifting away from this as my 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 main vocation, if you will, and, and move to something else? And I, I don't know yet because, again, I don't know if that's how I'm feeling because I don't have the opportunity to test out my theory. I don't have the chance to go, okay, let's go play some shows. Oh man, do I still love it? And I'm sure I will. But as of right now, um, my feeling is, yeah, it's 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 kind of becoming a little bit less important to me, the touring side. Um, the creative side is still great. And then I still love to do that and record and, and put out albums and music. Um, but then it also, it raises all the questions of what is touring going to look like in the future? What, when will it become a, a thing like we knew touring to be in 2019? When is that going to be a similar? You know, is it, is it, does it, does that become a thing when there's a vac- vaccination? Does that become a thing, uh, when people just don't care anymore, I, I don't know. But it's it, there's such there's such a there's so many variables right now, and this and, and there's real there's no real sort of concrete foundation for us to, to work towards right now. So that in itself has left me feeling really anxious as far as the future because our our entire business model is based on getting on a bus and playing to people, and this is not the good old days when people would go out and buy CDs, you know, bands sustain themselves purely on merchant and live music these days. And, and then, you know, if you're lucky, you, you'll get some, some publishing from the streaming, streaming sites. But other than that, that's how we earn a living. So the, it's interesting to now be in a position where, um, well, interesting, but also kind of depressing in, in the sense that my, my job is not only for income, but it's also for some sort of feeling of, of self-worth and some sort of, um, like a, some sort of productivity, you know what I mean? As a, as a human and, and sort of spreading joy, if you will, to, to people that come to the shows. Um, 
and there's that 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 one element of playing the shows that gives you that that sort of that chemical dump in your brain that makes you feel so good. I haven't had that in so long. I'm terrified. <laughs> if, I, if I get another hit, I might get fully addicted. I don't know. It's it's just been a very it's it's, it's it, I don't know because the roller coaster ride of getting ready to leave on the road, which is which takes a little bit. You have to ramp up to the mental state for that because. You, you don't just walk out of the house, close the door behind you, and suddenly now you, you're Sean Morgan from Cedar, you know. When, whereas before that, I was just Sean hanging out with my family. Um, it's very difficult to just to just flip on a dime like that. So that's that was so we built that up. I, I was ready to go, and then it was all ripped out under, underneath us. So there's this there's this anticipation, then it's the crash, then it's the depression, and then it's the anxiety. Um, so it's just been it's been kind of like a whirlwind, man. And and I you know I have I have good and bad days, and like I said, unfortunately for the most part, it, it seems like. Uh, the bad days are starting to outnumber the good ones. And, and that's, that's kind of what I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure that out and how to, how to make that better. Now you're referencing the depression and the anxiety and, you know, some people don't necessarily struggle with those issues. And for the people who do, it manifests in different ways. If you feel comfortable, how, how does depression and anxiety live within you? Like, what does that look like? What does that All feel right. like? Well, since I was a kid, depression has been something that I've, I've, I've had to live with. Anxiety is a more recent thing, but um, I'll start with the depression. For me, I think the first thing that I, I want for people to understand is that depression doesn't mean I'm sad. Depression means a whole bunch, a whole slew of other things. Sadness would, would actually almost diminish what depression is because it's, it's, I don't think sadness even gets close. It's, it's that feeling of listlessness, that feeling of not wanting to get out of bed, not looking after it, not eating, not, t- not showering, not not finding any joy in, in things that normally would, would, would make you happy. So video games don't, don't interest you. Books don't interest you. Movies don't interest you. TV shows don't interest you. Um, nothing interests you instead, except for maybe staring blankly into, onto, into YouTube for hours on end so that you can just kill the time till you can open up a bottle of vodka and drink again. So it's kind of been like that. Um, the anxiety started more recently. Um, I think probably within the, these past, I mean, there was some anxiety in the past, but nothing that I would ever consider that wasn't manageable. Um, now it's more, it's 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 a lot more common, a lot more frequent, and, and anxiety and the panic attacks that go with it. That's that's a really scary thing because that feels like you're having some kind of medical emergency if, if you don't know what it feels like. The first, in fact, the first time I had a panic attack, I, I took myself to the ER because I thought I was having a heart attack. Um, turns out I, I, it was, it, it, it's, unfortunately the symptoms can be very much the same if, if you've never really experienced them, but it's like you, you get, you start, it, it's, it could start with like, um, you know, arrhythmia and, and you sort of skip some beats in your heart and you get that hollow feeling and you're like, oh my God, I'm dying. And then you get, you get the shakes and your breathing gets shallow and you start almost hyperventilating and you do feel like you're imminently at, on, 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 you know, death's doorstep. So it's this horrible, terrifying feeling. Um, that loss sometimes only for a few seconds, sometimes for minutes and sometimes can be quite long. Um, but for the most part, the, the, the only thing that, that, can, that you can really hold on to is sort of like, let's say, if you imagine you're in a boat adrift at the, at, at the ocean and you look for that one little tree on, on, the, on, the line, on the land so you know where you sort of have your bearings. In this instance, the only, the only sort of comforting thought that you can have is that you know that nobody has died from a panic attack necessarily. You know that that this that you're feeling right now it, it will pass. It's not going to be something that's that's going to be you know the end of you. Um, but there's so much, and that happens to me probably you know more often than I would like for it to be. I think low level anxiety like that happens probably at least once a week, maybe once every two weeks. 
um, the depression is just a constant thing. That's like, I'm just dragging this, this weight around with me wherever I go. Um, and then, you know, I, 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 so I try to figure it out. I try to, I force myself out of bed. I force myself into clothing. I force myself, um, to, to, to eat dinner or, or, or to, uh, you know, to help to, to vacuum the floor or, um, and, you know, for the most part, it, the, 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 the really depressed days are not, are not that common, but that low key depression just sort of, sort of hangs around like, like the, the, the friend that didn't get the message it's time to leave. Um, it's, it's basically just, it's just a, a constant feeling of, man, I wish I didn't, I didn't feel this way. It, I, like I envy the people that have genuine happiness, that have genuine f- lives free of, of, of anxiety, uh, free of, of, of any kind of paranoia. Um, and yeah, it's, 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 it's just tough to deal with, but I, I do have some techniques that I've been taught um, by the therapist that I'm seeing right now. And, and, and they help except sometimes, you, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm supposed to practice them often throughout the day. And I, I tend to forget to, because you're so listless. You go, oh, why am I going to do this right now? And it's, it's a simple breathing exercise that you can do every, let's say every time you go fill up the water bottle in the fridge and you can, you can just do this breathing technique for that 30 seconds or whatever it is. And, and that'll sort of keep it fresh in your mind. So when you really need it, you can just use it to its maximum effectiveness. Um, and that's the difficult part to remember, especially if, if you're battling two things, two things at once. Right. And I, I suppose it, I supposedly was diagnosed, I think last year or maybe yeah, last year with sort of low key bipolar disorder as well. So that doesn't help either. So there's, there's all of these things raging <laughs> together in, in some sort of horrific symphony. Um, and I've always just managed to, to keep a, a lid on it for by, by myself, just by either uh, um, like you say, for example, you're on tour, you're constantly distracted by something else and you aren't necessarily so aware of your own physicality as, as, as you are when you're sitting at home and you, and you're reading a book Then suddenly you're like, Oh, what, what is that feeling? Why am, why is my chest doing that? You know, why is my eyelid uh, flickering? There's all these things that you, that you so, so, so much more in tune with it. Then my paranoia kicks in and I'm like, Oh my God, is this something serious? <laughs> Cause I'm like, you know, it, it's just, it's just the snowball of, 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 uh, of negative and, 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 and fear basically. I think what happened when I turned 40, unfortunately, was a, some light bulb went on and said, hey, man, you aren't indestructible. You, you aren't immortal. Um, and you've spent 20 years testing that theory. You know, I've spent, I spent 20 years doing as much cocaine as I could find. I spent drank as, I mean, if, if I could stack into, into a warehouse all of the stuff I put into my system from my late teens into my, until I turned 40, I think it would be horrific to see the, the, the quantity of, of things that were in this pile. Um, so then with that comes, oh my God, I hope I haven't done any permanent damage. You know, <laughs> so, so then it's another, it's another kind of fear, another kind of paranoia. Um, anyway, so, so it's all of these things that I deal with, but, and you know, there's, there's certainly the great days are great because it's the family's all happy together. We're all hanging out. We, 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 we're laughing and joking. We've just taken a couple of vacations that are just, just, you know, just a couple of days here and there, but it was nice to get out of the house and go somewhere else and see other people and be around other people and be able to tangibly touch and, and, and hug them and, and have that sort of one-on-one friendship rather than it being a text or a phone call. And so that, that was really good for my, for my soul, I think. Um, but for the most part, you know, I, I don't leave the house much anyway. So I'm pretty good with that because I don't really find much, I don't really find much joy or, or, or comfort in, in getting in my car and then having to dodge every other guy on the road who doesn't think he wants to, he needs to indicate or he can just change lanes and, and doesn't care about me. I don't care about the, 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 
the, the angry old ladies that stare at me funny because I have a, a sleeve tattoos when I've got this little girl with me. So I must obviously be a creep. You know, it's, it's all of this stuff that 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 that, that I'm, I'm just so sick of. So for, for the longest time, I've been pretty reclusive. So the lockdown part of it hasn't been really that that that's effective. It hasn't been that, you know, much of a pain for me necessarily because I'm good at being, I'm, I'm fine being home. It's the extended part now where, where my, my, my life has been put on hold thank basically. So I, I, I'm, that's, that's a tough thing because I didn't realize just how, how um, unidirectional my life was. I didn't realize that I had, I had naively laid so much, um, so, so much stake into this one thing and didn't think to say, say, well, Hey man, one day that could be gone. And I, you know, I, I've, I'm very well aware that one day this band might not be exist anymore, but my assumption is I could keep going. You know what I mean? Cause I could still do it because I, I write the songs anyway. So I never have to stop doing this, but at some point, you know, the, the guys have, have all got some sort of retirement plan and, and you know, Dale's got his, his, his way of doing it. Johnny's got his, Corey's got his. So, and I've got mine, make no mistake, but I've, I've never really thought about it. Um, as as a thing of well, I wouldn't be the one making the the decision. I wouldn't be in charge of that decision, and and that's been really crazy. And I think that's been for millions of people, obviously. In fact, billions of people. But for me, it was such a profound effect of of okay, well, man, every single egg is in this basket. I need to find something else. I need to I need to figure out something else, and I need to figure out something else fast. And what I'm finding is, I've got so many ideas, but they they, they all. Are, they aren't easy things to enact. So every single one of the ideas I have are going to take time and energy and a lot of hard work. Um, so I need to, I need to pick one for now and sort of maybe gently start the other balls rolling, but I need to, cause I can't, I can't juggle you know, six or seven different things at the same time, obviously. Um, I could certainly try, but not with my current mental state. But so I'm, I'm trying to find that to give myself again, that feeling of worth. So I can give myself some sort of direction, something to do besides mope around in my, you know, in my pajamas, um, sort of wallowing in self-pity because that's not who I am. And, and it's been so tough to deal with that, um, that this, this kind of massive, massive adversity, I mean, <clears throat> it hit me mentally because I'm just prone to that regardless, but it, I'm, I'm kind of proud of myself that I'm, I'm, I'm managing to remain somewhat even keel for most of the time. Um, I, I, I don't use any, any, I don't take any, uh, illegal drugs, but I also don't take any prescription drugs right now. And I'm, I'm, I'm managing to, 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 to keep a balance for better or worse. I mean, I, I still, I still drink a lot at nighttime just to sort of put me to, otherwise I don't sleep very well. So it's this whole, you know, it's, 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 it's kind of a self-medicated, but and just, just this side of, of self-destructive. Cause I'm, 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 you know, it's not like get sloppy drunk and hit you know, bang on the walls as you head to bed, but it's, 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 I think it's still excessive and I'm, I'm trying to work on that as well. So there's a whole bunch of things you got to fight that that's basically some, some low level addiction, I guess, because it's, it's really more uh, become more of a habit really than an, an addiction. It's more, it's more, Oh, it's now, Oh, bedtime. Cool. Good night. You know, take it night to my daughter and then, you know, crack a cocktail. So, I'm trying to figure it out as I go. It's, it's just, it's just, um, there's just, there's no handbook for this, unfortunately. I mean, there's plenty of self-help books you can read and, and plenty of um, uh, sort of literature, literature you can look up online that, that you could websites and things that you could, you could use as, as inspiration or, or for, str- for, for finding the necessary tools to help you out. But for the most part, um, like I said, when I, when I couldn't see my therapist, that, that was a dark time because it was, 
I'm out there just treading water, man. And, and the waves are getting bigger and bigger and, and occasionally they wash over you. So there were definitely spots where I, I, I had the thoughts like the real sort of, should I even be here anymore? All I do is make everyone else miserable. I suck. I'm, I'm not, I don't deserve any of this. I'm the worst person on the planet. And I, you know, I'd think about it, but it, it, it wouldn't be something that I'm actively pursuing uh, through a, a course of actions. I, it was just more of a, of a sit and think about it for a couple of minutes and then shake it off because it, it's not, it's not something I, I, I entertain enthusiastically or, or, or even all that seriously. But the sad part is that it still happens, that you still have those thoughts and you, and, and I would get, I would love to be in a place again where that wasn't as common a thing. And, 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 and by the way, that's not a very common thing for me. It's not like I sit here and, and it's not like a daily thing or a weekly thing or a monthly thing. It's, a, it's an every once in a while, but even the every once in a while, is, I think is too many. So it's, it's, it's an interesting place to be in where I advocate for other people to, to reach out for help and, and, uh, and, and, and try, to, try, to, you know, try to find tools, like creative ways, you, like creative outlets and things to make it easier and make your life feel a little bit less dark. But I'm also guilty of not taking my own advice at times because when, when it's, there's no one, when there's no one I can reach out to for help, like professional help, for example, um, I'm left to deal with it on my own. And unfortunately something like this kind of a depression and you know, my wife gets, gets anxiety as well. So I've, I've seen her go through panic attacks and I get it not as badly as she does, but I, you know, I, I get it as well, but she, I don't think she understands the, 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 the real, the magnitude of, of, of proper depression and, and how much it affects every aspect of, of your life. Not just, Oh, I, I don't feel like I'm in a good mood today. In fact, there have been times when, when I have interviews scheduled for a day and I've had to call Kyle and say, my manager and say, Hey man, I, I just, I can't do it today, dude. I'm, 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 I'm sitting here. I'm, I'm hyperventilating, you know, my heart's racing and I'm, I'm on the verge of a panic attack. And I, oh, I'll say to him, like, I just, I mentally, I'm, I'm not, I'm not good today. And, I feel bad doing it because I feel like I'm letting everybody down because I'm not doing my interviews. But by the same token, if I do them, then I'm not doing anything for myself because I'm sitting there. I'm, I'm, I'm on the verge of a panic. I am really just glossing over all of this tumultuous rumbling in, inside me just to get a job done. And because I'm more concerned about everybody else being taken care of. And that's kind of where, where I'm at now with the, the therapy is as well as, is learning to be okay to take care of myself. Kind of like that, that thing where, you know, when they tell you in the plane, when the oxygen mask drops out, you take care of your own mask first and then take care of the other. That's, that's kind of, I always thought that was silly until I realized, well, okay, cool. A kid can't do it. So that makes sense. But my instinct would be to reach out and get my daughter first before I take care of myself because I want her to be okay. So it's a very difficult thing to, to, to sort of say, okay, well, and I, I used this analogy earlier and it's one that I've, I've been sort of thinking about for a while. And it's, I have, I have so much emotional energy that I can expend on, on, on everybody around me. Right. And there's, there's only, it's, it's, it's a finite amount and for the most part, and if not all of it is spent on two people in this house. Occasionally, uh, there will be other people that I'll speak to or, 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 or text with or, or email. But the, the real sort of deep-seated emotional energy, that, that, the, the, the stuff that really that, you know, that helps a family stick together and, and all, the, all the emotional stuff that, that you have to give out and receive, all of that is, is expended on, on my girls. And I don't say very much for myself. So therefore, what happens is I'm constantly taking, it feels like I'm taking care of others. And then if I, if I do something that, that upsets 
one of them, then I feel like I'm inadequate and I've done something wrong. And, and what is wrong with me? And, and then it's just another, it's just another spiral because in my mind, I've been doing everything to the best of my ability. And yet somehow it feels like it's not enough or it feels like I'm not doing it correctly. And it just, it just, it, it, it's, it's like a self-esteem drop like a lead balloon, man, you know, and, and it's really, it's, so it's a really tough uh, roller coaster to be on. But having said that, I, I don't sit around here all day and, and, and just mope and, uh, you know, we, we still, we still joke as a family. We still have experience. We still do things. It's just that th this is this underlying thing that's constantly with me that I'm constantly trying to beat. And I feel sorry for, for the people that have to live with me right now, because I know it can be difficult at times to deal with that. And I know it can be difficult at times to, to, to understand it, certainly to, to have the, to have any kind of real understanding of it. And, and I know it sucks to see me go through it. So there's all of these things that, that then further compound it because I feel I feel so guilty for that. So it's 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 really again I'm trying to rewire my my emotional responses and my, and my emotional reflexes to think differently and to to kind of not look at everything as an attack on me personally because that's something I'm I'm very very bad at. I think everything is is I've done something it's my fault it's me it's me it's me. And I need to, I need to really, that's the one I have to work on first. Cause that's been very, very difficult in my relationship because I don't know how to just sit back and listen without taking offense, even though offense is not meant. Right. So I'm, I, I'm, and then immediately I get defensive, which looks offensive. So I have, I, it's very, it's, it's just one of those things I'm, I'm working on that the most, cause that's been the most destructive thing is, is my inability to, to take in information and opinions or, or thoughts without thinking, oh, I'm being told this because I need to do something that's different, right? So that's something I'm, I'm really working. I'm terrible at it. And I'm, I, I struggle so much because since I was a kid, that's always been ingrained in me that it was my fault. My, 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 my horrible, awful mother treated me so badly when I was a young boy that it's been with me forever. So only now in the past two years trying to break through that and, and dismantle that has been almost, it's, it's been a really, really difficult task and a daunting one because it's so difficult to go back into those, those, those occasions and, and that childhood and those painful, painful experiences and dismantling them and then putting yourself as you are now in that same spot and, and saying, you know, how, what would I say to myself at five now? Um, and those things are brutal. Like emotionally after an hour of that, uh, you know, therapy of those kinds of, of that kind of nature, I feel completely drained. And then I come home and I have no more emotional reservoir that hasn't, it hasn't refilled yet. So then I'm kind of like just a drone sort of wandering around the house until I can feel like, oh my God, okay, some, some part of me has come back now. And now I can, I can uh, uh, really enjoy this moment I'm in and physically partake and mentally partake in it instead of just sort of being there, just taking up space. You know what I mean? So yeah, you know, it's interesting. One of the things that you're talking about are these um, discrepancies between people when they're in the middle of something like depression or anxiety and people who are not. And I, I feel like those disconnects are very difficult because what's happening in a lot of situations is that there's two people and what they're seeing or what they're experiencing are very different. You know, so like I know for myself, like if I'm feeling depressed it's or it's and it's been with me for a little bit. It's very similar to when I'm sick, and I know it when I go outside. And if the sun hurts mm -hmm. for some reason, like if the sunshine is on me and I'm not doing well, whether it's physically or mentally or emotionally, it hurts as opposed to being 
something that when I'm feeling good, it's like, oh man, it's sunny out. That's great. Right. And, and I feel as though one of the things that's so tough, that's the beginning of the stigma of mental health issues is that when, when, when we're experiencing something, it may not be the same thing. So, right. you know, when you, when someone says to somebody, Hey, like, do you want to come and watch TV with us? That may to them feel like, Oh, this is this really nice thing. But to you, you're like, I'm yeah. like, like getting from, from the bed to the couch right. is going to be like a marathon. Right. And so all of a sudden it's like, that's that, that's the beginning of that disconnect because we're not seeing the same thing. Like when someone who is not depressed, asks someone who's depressed right. to do something, they're not, they're not recognizing all that they're asking. You know, or saying like, oh, like, hey, do you want to come outside? And if you have panic attacks, right, and and saying like, hey, if I go into that circumstance, I might get a panic attack and that's very uncomfortable for me. When someone says, hey, do you want to come and meet us out at a club or a bar or whatever? Right. They don't realize that what they're that that they're asking you to do something that's very different than what they think. And so then when when the response is different, like, oh, I can't or I don't want to or why why are you asking me that? It, it's like there's this disconnect that that I find is very difficult to to explain to people, especially if you've never been through it. Well, that's exactly what it is, and and I find you know my wife and I. Well, we were supposed to be married twice already, but I called on my wife at this point. We should, we're getting married in May now, but she, for her, I, I she's and she she's explained it to me. She's like she just wants to spend time with me. And she just wants to do things together as a family. And it's very difficult to say, but, but man, you know, the amount of stress it puts on me just to go to the pumpkin patch today, I'll do it for you. I'll do it for you because I love you, but it's very difficult for me. You know what I mean? And, and, and I think what, what makes it so tough is it just doesn't seem like something that you should be Un, 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 unable to do. It seems like such a simple thing. It's like, and and she said, and, and I love her for it. That's to say, look, I just what's what's so wrong with me? Just wanted to spend time with you. I said, there's nothing wrong with that at all. And in fact, I'm so glad that I have somebody who do wants to spend time with me. Because God, I know I'm not a, a bundle of laughs all the time, but and she's been so patient. And I, but I th- I, I feel bad, and that doesn't help with the depression side. But I feel bad because it's it's difficult to vocalize it and and to to really put. A, a, a nice clean definition on it that's understandable and, and that that sort of translates easily it's it's more of a it's more of a it's it's a feeling more than it has words it, it, there are really no words to say hey look i'd love to do that right now but i'd also much rather not get off this couch because i i i really just don't want to leave i really don't want to be around people right now and it's the thing is i've always been kind of you know, socially shy and except for when you're out, you know, drinking, because then it's, it's the great lubricator. But, and I, I, my job for a living is to play in front of people, but I'm normally not very good around people because I'm massively introverted for the most part. And um, that doesn't, when this has been so, so amplified and, and, and it's so much bigger now in my mind that my, you know, that introverted side gets even more introverted and now going outside becomes even that much more of a chore. So I have my groceries delivered rather than drive five minutes to the grocery store and, and, and walk through there and pick them up because of, of the interactions I'm going to have with people, all of them unwanted because I didn't invite them in, <laughs> but and whether they are positive or negative, I don't want to deal with them either. Like for example, if the butcher's a nice guy, but I, I don't want to stand here and talk to him for 10 minutes, I have to avoid him by going down a different aisle. So now I'm getting all anxious about that because I don't want him to, you know, God, and you don't want him to feel bad. Like you're avoiding him, but you clearly are. So it's like, it becomes, and this is, and that's the scale of how it, how it grows. 
me saying that sounds so ridiculously hyperbolic, but that's exactly the path that my mind takes. No, it, it's it's not. And I and it, this gets back to what you were saying at the beginning about, you know, people labeling like it, it should be called something different than depression. Right. right. So that people don't mix it up. But I mean, it's it's so interesting, like the things that we say to people with mental health issues. You know, like you would never say to someone with diabetes, oh, like you're, you're, you're a successful rock star. Everybody loves you. How come you have diabetes? It's like, right. oh, you've sold like however many millions of albums, like, you know, and, and you're touring and you have such a great life. How come you have heart disease? And right. it's, it's like what I think what a lot of times people don't realize is that it's, it's not necessarily connected to what would be considered quote unquote normal sadness. And so right. the idea, like, you know, someone might say to you like, Oh, you know, it, it should be great to go to the grocery store. Cause then, you know, you get to see people and maybe people want your autograph right. and, and right. it's like, but no, it's like, this, this, it's, it's like those things have nothing to do with it. And those are the disconnects that I feel like just drive people deeper and deeper underground to being like, I don't want to have anything to do with anyone because you just don't get it. I mean, right. I'm, as, as right. a therapist, I struggle with that because, you know, like I'm sure that there are times where I say to somebody like, hey, so let's work on your sleep. And they're thinking to themselves, do you have any idea what kind of night terrors I have? Yeah. Like, like yeah. if I showed you a movie of this, you, you would hide under your pillow, you know, and it's like, but I'm just thinking like, oh, you know, this is a this is a healthy thing you could do. And and it's 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 absolutely tough, which is why it's so important when somebody like yourself steps up and like and actually is is sharing that because then at least people have. At least people have like heard it before. Like they have some idea, right? You know. Well, you know, you know, and it, it's also sort of low-level insulting to correlate happiness with fame and fortune because that then says, okay, well, then it's simple, right? It's then it, it also then nullifies any kind of emotions that you feel because you're on a pedestal and and therefore you're no longer human. But by the by the you know, by the way, I'm exactly as human as everybody else. In fact, I do what I do because I'm I'm conflicted and tormented and I'm an introvert. And this is the way I express myself. And thank God people want to hear it. And thank God people come out to see me play it. That doesn't make me the most, it doesn't mean I'm a sociable guy that when you, when, when you see me in the grocery store and, and sure, if you think that I'm, I, I get, I get embarrassed when somebody asks me for an autograph because I'm not on the road. If I'm touring, that makes sense. If you see me off of a bus or in a venue, that makes sense. But if, if I'm at home, just going to the grocery store and sure, some people know, and, and my, you know, the guy that, that does the, the lawn knows and the, the person that, that drops off the mail knows and, and the neighbors know, and it's, and that, and, and everyone's kind of, they don't really bother with, with, with it too much, which is great. Some people certainly think it's very, it's very, it's very cool that I, I live in the neighborhood and that's fine. I mean, I, I just think I live in a neighborhood. That's it's it, the, 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 to say that being famous and, and or, or having money um, should automatically just make you happy. That's, that's naive at best. Um, it might even be cruel on the other end of that spectrum because there is so much more involved on a day-to-day -day basis than any of those things. I, if I didn't have either of those things, this would still be here. So that's, and that doesn't automatically fix it because that doesn't really feed any of the mental stuff that I require. Maybe playing shows does playing shows to, to an appreciative audience that will make, will, will give me the right brain chemistry or at least a shift in it to help me with depression or going into my gym and lifting some weights or, or something or, or going on a walk with a dog. But you know, depression says, no, don't even do those things, man. 
says, why would you want to get in the gym right now? I mean, come on, just another day. That's what it does. It's a constant delaying of these impulses that you have. And I've, dude, I've got to a point where I've got myself mentally ready to go out and do something. And at the last minute, I open the door and I panic and I close the door and I go back inside and I don't do a damn thing for the rest of the day. That's what depression is, man. That's the thing where you have zero control, where I've talked myself into it. I'm lying on the bed saying, I can't do this again today. I've got to get out and do something. Let me go. Let me go, uh, you know, go to the grocery store. They're just that, again, that small little thing. And I'll, I'll get myself worked up to it. And I'll, I'll literally work my courage up and my strength mentally up. And I, I'll dress, shower, brush my teeth, do the whole nine, walk to the front door and can't even get through the threshold and turn around. But that's the, that's the thing is that, you know, for people who struggle with depression, what they realize is that, so for someone who's not depressed, what you just described would naturally be all the motivation in the world to then go out the door. Like if you're feeling good and it's like, right. let's say you're going to a party, it's like, wow, you know, I, I got up, I worked out, I ate good food, I showered, I'm looking good. Right. But when you're depressed or anxious, doing all that's like, just like, it's not, that's not what makes you like energized. That's, that, that's like running a marathon. So right. if I said to someone like, oh, you, you just ran a marathon. Now you're having trouble getting out the door. I'd be like, well, of course. Right. But it's, it's, it's that, you know, but people again, are going to look at you in that situation and be like, well, wait, I, I don't get it. But it's right. like, that, that's exactly what happens when you're depressed or anxious is that all those things that motivate other people, that energize other people, yeah. they, just, they just knock the wind out of you. Yeah. And then when you have, say, for example, you, you have a conversation with yourself, say, hey, I, I, again, it'll, it'll start with lying on the bed or sitting on the couch watching YouTube and then like, okay, I got to do something different. And you have to think of what else. Or they say, well, let's maybe play some video games today. And, and I often end up just looking at the screen. I sort of glaze over and nothing looks appealing. A game, and I've got like 50 games on there, not a single one. And then I'll say, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll close that up. And then I'll say, well, maybe maybe something on TV and I'll you'll do the channel shift. And that, that doesn't do anything. You get up, you go, well, maybe I'll do the dishes. And so you end up just doing these routine things that really are just, you're just going through the motions. So I've got a, I've got a, 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 a podcast playing in my pocket and I'm folding laundry. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm, when I'm done, I sort of robotically walk out and then I go and I walk up to the dishwasher, make sure that, and then, then that routine is done. Then I go back to sitting on the couch and nothing has changed. Nothing has changed mentally. I've done some things around the house that are, that are required and that I, I, I feel responsible for. Um, but not, not, not a single one of those things made me feel better about myself. And not a single one of those things made me happy. Not a single one of those things. Every single day I can wake up and say, all right, today's the day. I'm going to go out and I'm going I'm to hit the gym or I'm going I'm to jump on this Peloton. I'm going to put in 20 minutes on there and I'm going to go outside. I'm going to you know, play with a dog. None of that. You have all of the best intentions. And then 30 seconds later, your, your brain will go, nah, man, you don't want to do any of that, dude. And, 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 it, and it wins. It wins almost every single time. It's so difficult to break that cycle that, but I know that once I, I, I can kind of break through it, I can maintain some sort of activity level that'll keep me feeling good because my, what my brain doesn't want me to do right now is go get that, that, that hit from the exercise because then it's, then it's not winning anymore. Now I'm feeling good physically. Now I'm feeling good mentally. Now my brain isn't, isn't where it's accustomed to be. You know, it's now, it's now has to respond and react differently to things. And so it's almost like I'm battling constantly with this, this other person saying that I want to do, I want to be a better, different version of myself and a much healthier version. But there's this other guy that's saying, no, man, you don't want to be that guy. You want to just be this slob who's depressed and lies around all day and it's 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 an all-out 
it's a wrestling match. That's a 24 hour a day wrestling match. And it really is so tough to beat this guy. It's, it's to, to pin him down and get up and, and do something for yourself without feeling like you, you, there's something on your back, pulling you back inside it. it and it's, it's such a, such a, a tough thing to describe, but it's, it, it's really how it feels. And I think one of the things that's so tough for people, you see this a lot when people struggle with eating disorders, but I think it's definitely for worry and, and even depression, which is that even if you beat that person, then you walk into a world that it's like, like, who am I yeah. if I don't have an eating disorder? <laughs> Right. Like what, what, like, like what do people, like, I, like, I personally would not know what people do who are not worrying all the time. Like, what right. do you, like, what do you do with your brain? Right. <laughs> and so, you know, like, that's one of the things that's so tough is that like, you, you go through this and you're like, oh, I beat them. And then you walk out and you think you're going to like, you know, walk into this, like, you know, beautiful garden of roses. And it's just kind of yeah. like a little bit of a desert. And you're just like, well, well, now what? And that's when a lot of people, unfortunately, they don't intentionally undermine themselves, but it, it, you know, when you're like, okay, I'm, I'm over here and I'm feeling better, but I, this doesn't feel familiar at all. Like, I'm just going to kind of go back to what feels familiar because that's comforting right. in a way. Right. Unfortunately it is. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not, it's, it's almost also, it's a force of habit eventually as well, because it's comforting. You, 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 you very, you know, this world very well, you know, this feeling and these emotions very well. Um, you don't necessarily love them, but it's 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 a world I've been I've been living in for so long now since I was a teenager that um, the, the 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 happy parts are, are far more rare. And again, on, just, I think to illustrate the, the the difference, sadness is when a family member dies. That's sadness. That's the pain, the the the, the crying, the sobbing, the real physical hurt that you feel. This is nothing like that. I don't, I don't ever cry when I'm depressed. I don't ever have really, you don't even have emotion half the time. That's the thing. So like you said, when you, when you beat this thing and you go outside, it's not Rocky at the top of the stairs. It's like you go out there and it's like, okay, well, now there's just 50,000 more of them out here. And it's, except I don't know how they are, are taking me on. That's kind of how I see it as well sometimes. Um, but it's, it's, it really is the nature of, like, I think you're right in that sense of, of the, com- the, the, the familiarity is what I would say of, of depression is it's something that, that I, I've, I've been in this realm for so long that I, I should, at this point, I feel like be able to beat it though, at least every once in a while, I should be able to just crack through and, and say, you know what, not today, not today. I'm going to be something different today. I'm going to take a proactive step in trying to beat you down instead of always just sort of, you know, saying uncle and, and, and rolling over and, and letting the depression win. But again, I say that and have, I say with all enthusiasm, but I know I can, I can say that right now. And I can say that as soon as we're done here, I'm going to march downstairs, throw on some shoes. I'm going to go lift some weights, but it, it might be three steps out of that door. And I go, Oh God, do I really want to? I mean, I know I was really worked up and, and, and it's, it's that fast that it changes. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, well, it's a, it's, it's very difficult to, to, to manage. Yeah, it's, you know, in a way, some of the ways I've heard it described are actually very similar to when I've heard people describe about creativity. It's like, you can, you can do certain things, like you can practice, you could set aside time, whatever. But at the end of the day, it's more about like connecting into a frequency. You, you can't necessarily be like, I'm going to write a song. Like you, you could probably write a song, but I don't know if it'll be an inspired song as opposed right. to like, okay. And I feel like it's very similar at times with people when they struggle with mental health things. Like it's yes. If you do certain things, like if you go to sleep at a certain time, you eat a certain way and you exercise, you're, you're, you're more ready to receive that frequency 
that's right. a little bit better. But still, at the end of the day, it doesn't feel like it's a I do X and then Y occurs. It's like if I do X, Y, and Z, maybe A will happen. And I just got to be kind of ready to, to jump on it when it does. And that's very, that's a very, uh, that's a very scary place to be. And I think that that's what leads to a lot of the low self-esteem with depression. Everyone assumes that, oh, I feel badly about myself and then I become depressed. And it's like, I, to me, I think what happens is, you know, like if I said to someone like, oh, sit in your chair, if you couldn't, you know, assuming that you didn't have some other, some other physical issue, you couldn't just figure out a way to get out of your chair. Yeah. You would start kind of questioning yourself. Like it's, it's like, and it's like, if you can't just improve your mood, which, which a lot of people feel like they can just, you know, they can snap their fingers and do, you start to doubt yourself. Well, what, what other things can I do? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think it's, you can also use the analogy, like you don't just, again, you don't just walk into a gym and, and, and bench press 500 pounds. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a long, long, long process. You have to take months and months and months of, 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 of getting the motion down, adding the weights, you pushing yourself further and further and further. And mentally it's the same thing. Create creatively. You're right. You know, I've I've been in this room, this exact seat many times, and I'm like, let's do something. And you start playing, and it just sort of fades away. So you end up just just you sit, I sit here for a while, and and then, and then I swear to God, it's like, okay, well, nothing's coming out today. Put the guitars down, um, and then just sometimes just sit here blankly staring at a computer screen. You know, it's like it's it's this almost sort of not zombie like state without the, 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 the hunger or the thirst. It's, it's just kind of like, it's like sluggish. It's, it's um, you just feel heavy. You feel off balance. I mean, it, it, it's, it's just such a strange, strange thing to carry around. It feels like honestly that there's, you've got a backpack on with an extra hundred pounds and you're supposed to be able to now, like you say, now either go run a marathon or, or run a sprint and, 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 and suddenly feel good about yourself. And for some people, it is as simple as, as playing a song. And they go, you know, I'm down today, but this is my, uh, uh, some song that, that makes them happier because it reminds them of, of some happy time in their lives. And that could be, that, that's a great way to do it. It's certainly as, as, a, as, a, as a sort of short-term fix, but that, it doesn't really help the long-term problem. Well, um, and, and that's the thing that's, that's, so, that's so tricky. You know, you're, you're talking about the, the, the kind of zombie. I mean, I think one of the reasons why the zombie motif is becoming so and so you know more popular is that there is this sense for a lot of us that we're we're just kind of dragging along not we're not alive we're not dead we're kind of animated we're not and then every once in a while like the bloodlust sets in and we go like you know we we're, <laughs> we're energized for a moment and then yeah. we feed and then we go back to it right you know and it's it's and the, and the problem i think that that artists have is that the, the thing that's different is that the when you were talking about before the times where, Oh, I'm going to listen to a song. The problem is, is that I'll do that for your song. Like when you and I first talked a few years back, you know, we were talking about broken, which I know for a lot of people is a very special song. Right. And so it's kind of a weird dynamic because when someone sees you, their relation to you is, Oh, you're the one that right. was related to my process of being like, I want to feel good right now. So I'm going right. to go do this and it works. Right. So it's almost impossible for me to conceive <laughs> that you don't have that same thing because you're the yeah. one that did it for me. Yeah. That's, that's, a, <laughs> that's a fascinating way to put it. Right. Because I, as much as I would love to be, have that same uh, effect on myself, I, 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 what I take solace in is that I can give that to somebody else and that at least what I've done at the time of writing it, 
I, I, I purge myself of some things. And then when somebody else hears it and they, they find an emotional attachment to it and it helps them through a situation, a situation or, or, or a breakup or whatever, or in, in, a, in, a, in a different sense, it's a positively affirming song. Like some people will, will play it at their weddings, for example. Um, it feels good to know that I can do that. But ironically, it doesn't do that for me once it's written. I, I don't go back and listen to my own songs and go, hell yeah, this is making me feel X, Y, or Z. It's, it's making me feel, okay, I, I like the song and it's fun to listen to. But it, I, And I have the emotional attachments, but that's more tied into the actual physical playing of the song and living the song, right? Listening to it is, is, is me one step removed away from it. But actually playing it, and presenting it, that's me living in that moment and, and reliving that, th those feelings and those emotions and those lyrics. And then it's when I have a connection to it. But there's very few music left for me that I have, a, a, like when I was a kid, Nirvana was the music that I emotionally latched onto. And that was, my, that was my lifeline as far as if I'm lonely, if I'm sad, if I'm angry, Kurt Cobain knew exactly what I was feeling. Um, and as I've grown older, I still fondly look at that music. I still, I'm a fan of the music, but I no longer have as strong an emotional attachment to it. And it's just because I don't really have a lot of emotional attachment to many things, to be honest. The older I get, it's very difficult for me to, to, to really have an emotional connection with people, music, films, books, whatever. <clears throat> um, and it's, it's kind of alarming. And I, I can only assume that it's got to do with depression because the, it doesn't make sense to me that that more and more I'm finding I need less and less to 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 keep me uh, sustained somehow, right? So by by that I mean less things, less games, less cars, less less stuff, less material things, certainly less uh, friends because I've, I don't really you know I have a handful and 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 uh, I, I'm I'm good with them. They I give them. I think enough emotional attention when they need it. And I don't require a lot at all. So I'm an easy friend to have. I'm, I'm, not, a, I'm not a very good friend if you like constant back and forth communication, but I'm an easy friend because I don't really require a lot from you. Um, because a lot of this stuff I, I, I've spent my whole life internalizing as well. So I've, I've, I've dealt with all of these things um, on my own for 41 years. And, and I, I'm now, you know, and I've only recently reached out to therapists and I'm, and I'm working on them with, I've been to therapists in the past, but they were kind of like, okay, well, you see a guy for a couple months and you go on the road and then you, you lose contact for six months, you come back and it's kind of like, hey, and it's like, you sort of start again. Um, so that's also been the other, I guess, gift of, well, I couldn't really see him, but now being home, I can, still, I can see my therapist on a more regular basis than I would be if I was touring. Um, and that certainly helps me, but it's still just... <clears throat> it, it's so difficult. Again, I, and I keep trying to find a way to verbalize it for somebody who doesn't understand it. And, and really, because like you say, the simplest things that, that to somebody that isn't feeling this way, they, they almost feel like, like you're being deliberate in, in letting the, I don't know. It, it's like, it's like you deliberately don't want to be with them. It kind of, you know, so it's almost like, it's almost like you're being offensive when you're not trying to be, when you say like, for example, my wife says, let's go do something. And I say, Oh, okay, you guys go do it. And I feel bad. Cause I don't, I don't want to go to the flea market. Right. And I, but I, I desperately want to see my kid at the flea market, but I don't want to have to deal with this stuff. I internalize and never vocalize to anybody about what I go through in that situation. The looks we get because her and I both have tattoos and I, we got this little blonde haired, blue eyed little girl. And 
there's the, <laughs> there's the conflict for people, right? The, the ones that get offended, not everybody, but there's, there's enough to, to annoy me. And the ones that get offended, are, 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 they're conflicted because they are, they look at uh, this beautiful child and she's so adorable and, and, and so cute and so friendly and nice. Then they look at the parents and make all of these evil assumptions or these, these heinous assumptions. And then I have to stand there looking like, like I don't have a thick enough skin to ignore those people. I, I can. And certainly if I don't, see, you know, I've, I even developed uh, like a, when I, my shoulders go up like this and I, and I almost sort of like bury myself in my shoulders when I'm, when I'm nervous and, and, and uncomfortable. And it's, it's even done damage permanently to my, to my spine because of how I've done it for so long. It's crazy how this can affect you. And it all comes down to depression, lack of self-confidence, all of these you know, anxiety, all of them rolled into this one ball. But again, it, I, 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 I wholeheartedly would want everybody to know that, that if there's somebody that is depressed and there's somebody that isn't in the same house, it can be brutally tough to understand it. And I, I get that, but it's also conversely very difficult for us to explain it in a way that makes any kind of sense to you on every level. Um, so it, it, it's almost like a thing where you have to go, okay, let's reach a consensus of you don't understand it, but you'll tolerate. And I will try and be better at telling you what I'm going through. So therefore, Maybe it's as simple as just keeping that communication open. And I'm, I'm saying this, I need to take this advice myself because I, I, it's easy for me to give it, but I, I often don't follow this advice. But I'm getting to a point where I don't want to continue having these 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 moments where there's a the misunderstanding and then everyone feels bad and, and it, it's like, it, it just feels terrible overall. I would, prov- I, I would, pro- I would love, love to prevent conflicts of all kinds and all the, but often it's just, it, it's just, you just give up. You just, you so, everything just feels so listless and dull and it's nothing to do with the other person. It's nothing that they can do to help. You know what it's, I mean? It, and it's, yeah. And it's, I, I think just, you know, one of the things that we know just from research is, is how tough depression can be on a marriage. Because if you just, just think about how often you feel that way. One time somebody being interested in mm. someone else sexually and them being like, not just like, oh, hey, not, not, not now, but like, there's like nothing, right? There's nothing going on because you can't feel pleasure, right? It's, not, it's, not, it's like, and you think about that. That happens once, twice. That could happen three times in in a span of a week, right? And all right. of a sudden, there's there's a there's a thing, you right. know, like it's and and you know, if if you don't want to say it, you want to be like, hey, it's not you. I, I'm just not feeling anything. The other right. person doesn't want to verbalize how badly it feels. Right. Now all of a sudden, you've just got you've got a crack in the relationship, and that's oh, one dude. thing. Yeah, and, and, and that's that's exactly right. When you have zero desire to do anything, that includes sexual activity. That includes. It's not that I don't find her attractive. It's just that my brain goes, so what. You know what I mean? But then it, but like it's, it, this crack forms, like you say, because she is then feeling like she's not good enough, even though it's not, that's not the case at all. Right. So because not, there's no communication, then it becomes, all right, I'm a, involuntarily making her feel like she's unattractive and unwanted. I'm on the, on the other hand going, geez, I wish I could get out of this. And because there's no line of, of, of communication or, 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 or way to explain it in a, in a comfortable way. Cause I, again, I, I, I take those things very personally. So I get, it's, so I'm work. I have to learn how to be better at that because she's more than willing to tell me that something makes her feel a certain way. Then my, always, my, my, my reaction has always been so poor and so bad. It's like, 
I get offended or, or I think it's my fault. And, and therefore I, 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 my, my defense is to be offensive. And then, and then, and then it just snowballs and I, I screw everything up. So, well, no, it's, it's cause like, cause I think one of the things that's tough is like, I know, you know, when my wife calls me out on my mood, like for me, it's like, if I'm angry or whatever, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to admit that I'm, I'm the jerk of the house. Mm-hmm. That's the last thing I, you know, like my whole, my whole self-concept is based on being this like good guy and like, you know, yeah. whatever. And so, you know, and the thing that's so tragic about it is that all I have to do is be like, oh man, you know, I, right. I'm sorry. I didn't even realize I was doing that. Right. But the the threat of it is right. so great when she looks at me like, well, how come you're being like that? I'm like, it's not just like this little thing of like, oh, you know, like I, if I make this little adjustment, everything will be okay. My whole life just like fell out in right. that one little interaction, you know, right. because I'm like, oh my God, like I'm, I'm not, I'm not a good dad. I'm not a good husband. Yeah. It and makes you feel it, awful. It makes me feel horrible. instantly awful about myself. And it's, and it's, that's not what the intention of the statement is, right? It's just the way I take it. And the way I perceive it is, is so far from the way it's supposed to be perceived. I'm be, merely being told something out of a loving, uh, from a loving, kind woman, something. I take it as an insult or an attack, but also, oh, I, I, I'm ashamed of myself. I suck. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the worst thing. So it, it's, and it's such a gross overreaction, but it's because of mentally, that's where I've always lived for so long. You know what I mean? And, and so again, that's a question of me figuring out how to rewire or at least for, to, to myself, just go, okay, cool. Stop for a second. Don't get offended. Listen to what she said. Process it. And then respond the same way. Don't yell. Don't be a dick. Because that's that, that, and that's because it's it's that comes from a, a point of such gross insecurity as well. You know, constant insecurity, constant low self-esteem, and on top of that, depression and volatile emotions. And then somebody says something lovingly to, to let you know, hey, you, I'd like for you to not do that or change or, or what's going on. And it's like, what do you mean, what's going on? It's it's such a, it's like. It was never, ever intended to be an attack on me, but I, I have such a hard, hard time breaking out of it. Yeah. yeah. And then all of a sudden you're being, and now all of a sudden you're, you're being that, but now you're worse. You, now you're being in some ways. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Like, like yeah. maybe you, maybe you were just a little off before, but now you're like confirming her fears. Yeah. yeah now that, I'm pissed. that you, yeah. you are, oh, you are a dick. You weren't just mm-hmm. upset. I was asking before if something was bothering you, but now I, I realized, <laughs> no, you're a dick. <laughs> it's like, oh shit, I am a dick. <laughs> and that's the thing. Then you, then you have that guilt of knowing that you, that you, that that you're you a respond like a dick all the time. Even though much like you, I'm the same. I, I think that I'm a good dad. I think that I'm a good partner. I think I'm a good husband. I certainly try my best to give them as much as I possibly can. And, and everyone's going to fail to some degree at some point. But yeah, when, when I, when I, when I respond so poorly, I feel so bad afterwards, but I've, I've already pushed myself so far beyond just, pumping the brakes, rewinding and going, okay, hang on, hang on. Sorry, sorry. Wait, wait. I'm, I'm so sorry I did that. Now I'm just like, well, I'm going to stomp out of the room because I am a dick, right? And, and it's like, it's such a horrible cycle to go through, man. And, and I'm just hoping that I can get better at my response to, to that and that my, my feedback to a statement like that or a question like that shouldn't come from a, a self-defensive position. It should come from more of a grateful place where it's like, okay, thank you for telling me that. I, you know what? I needed that to hear that. Or uh, uh, I, I, uh, uh, let me think about that for a second. And let me get back. Instead of my knee jerk being loud. It's so important on a, on an interpersonal level, on a societal level for that dialogue to be constructive. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, like even the thing you were talking about with tattoos, it's like, why isn't our natural 
uh, our natural inclination to be like, oh, something different. That's interesting. Right. What's that right. about? You know, it's like, oh, you know, we, when we see something different, like we see someone having a panic attack, it's, 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 even if we don't know what it is, we're like, what's wrong with them? You know, it's like, and, and that's that it's like both on a, on a, I mean, it's like, it's an intrapersonal level. It's an interpersonal level on a societal level. It's like having those conversations be constructive and open and where it's like, oh, we're learning. Cause if, cause if you do it that way, it, it, it always works, but it's so tough to do that. It's so tough to be in that space. I think we have to stop in a minute, but uh, it's obviously that's it's it's been so great talking with you again. Uh, it's fantastic talking to you originally. Any any final thoughts or? Uh, no, I mean, look, I, I I know there's a lot of people dealing with this this as well, and I, and I do really I think my my main point that I'd like to make here is that it's it it can happen to anybody and and, and it's it's okay that if, if you're going through it and it's okay it's it's okay that other people don't understand because it's a very difficult thing to to explain um but i think that it, with most of these disorders and, and 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 these afflictions communication is is about the 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 first baby step you can take towards a mutual understanding of it right because if i'm internalizing it all and she doesn't know what's going on or, or, or my friends don't know what's going on then they don't understand why i'm behaving the way i am because i've never said anything about it so the more somebody knows about how you are feeling and, and emotionally what's going on uh even if it's difficult for them to hear it and also for them to understand it's not their fault and there's not much they can do that that's helpful. Um, I think that's really the key for me. And, and I, I would love for people that are depressed to understand that. And for people that are living with people that are depressed to understand that too. It's, it's a, it's not something that's <laughs> obviously intentional. It's very, very difficult to live with. It's also, it, it, it carries with it a lot of weight, like the shame and, and, and guilt and, 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 and you, because you, know, you, you, you don't want other people to feel bad because you feel bad. So it's, it, it, but then, then, so you don't talk about it. Cause you don't want to, it's always been my approach is like, I don't want them to deal with my issues, but I realize that's so stupid because they want to help with the issues. They don't want you to deal with it by yourself. So when they ask something or say something, it's from a place of concern and love. And it's not from a place of finger pointing and insult. Right? So I think for other people that are listening and, and, and people that are, that have got the, these struggles as well, it really is important to, to, either find professional help to help you with it, but on a more, you know, sort of micro level, the people that you live with, your friends, your family, or your, your spouses or your, your better halves, it's okay to tell them, Hey, this is what's going on. If you trust them and they should be there, hopefully whoever you're with, you can trust and that you will, they can, you can trust them with your emotional health, your emotional well-being, or certainly that they can help you with it. Um, and I think that that's important is, is just communication on every level, even with the suicide stuff. Like we do a lot of work with that as well. And just, just in closing, we, we, I, whenever I speak to kids that, have, that are suicidal or parents, you know, I always say, look, I'd rather have a hard conversation with you now than hear your eulogy tomorrow in a, in a, in a, in a graveyard. Some. I'd much rather do that. I'd, I'd much rather spend 25 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, however long you need right now than to know uh, that I will only ever see you again in photographs. That's, that's really the most important thing to me. And depression is the same way. I'd, I'd much rather we have a conversation. I, I'd, I'd much rather have the conversation too than just wallow in self-pity all by myself and put other people through misery because they think it's something that they've done. 
and it's not fair on anybody. And at, at the end of the day, if there's if there's no communication, it's going to disintegrate and fall apart because those little those little cracks become you know crevices, would become cliffs, become you know Grand Canyons. Um, and it's important to try and do the 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 hard emotional work as early as possible to prevent the wounds getting bigger and bigger and, and ultimately leading to crumbling relationships. And that's what I'm learning. And, and I mean, I, I, I don't like to give people advice really because I, but I, I would say if there's any advice I could give on that, it would say, I would say for me, it's about communicating how you feel, what is going on and, ex- and maybe explaining to other people that don't understand it to you, this, this is exactly what it feels like. And then, and then, yeah, if they don't understand, that's fine, but they can certainly be willing to learn to understand and, 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 and be sympathetic to, to how you feel, you know? Oh man, listen, Sean, great talking with you. Uh, you know, I love talking with you. I love the music and I, I very much appreciate how much of an advocate you are. So listen, Thanks, best man. of luck and uh, I look forward to getting a chance to talk again. Well, yeah, man. Thank you very much for having me again. So there you have it, Sean Morgan of Seether talking about how he both understands and copes with depression and anxiety. One of the most striking things that Sean describes is how many different parts of our life can be affected by our mental health. It tends to be with us always, in our marriage, our work, and our other social relationships. And it can really change how we view the world. When we are depressed and anxious, the things that gave us joy, fulfillment, connection, all seem to feel like they're more pain than good. So why bother? That is why living a purpose-driven life can be so important. Ideally, when we do something that is consistent with the life we want, work hard at our job, be creative, talk to friends and loved ones, we hope it also feels good. But when it doesn't, because we are depressed or anxious, we may feel disconnected from who we are and the world around us. We don't have that internal natural motivation to do the things we used to do or wish that we could do. That's when we need to remember our life's purpose, even if we don't feel it in the moment, so that we can stay connected with who we are and the life that we want. And being connected with our purpose, even when we're depressed and anxious, may make it a little bit easier to engage in those behaviors that can help us through our tough times and make us still feel like ourselves. So we may not feel like getting together with friends the way that we used to, but at least we can text or email people letting them know that we're thinking about them. We may not feel able to clean our entire house, but maybe we can straighten up a little bit to still feel involved. And we may not be killing it at work, but we can do the bare minimum just to get by. And remember, taking care of yourself is always an important part of your life's purpose. So whether it means taking medication, getting therapy, journaling, or talking with loved ones about what you're going through, always take care of yourself as part of your life's purpose. I want to thank my wife and Hardcore Humanism co-founder, Island Booman, for producing this podcast, and my brothers in Odd Zero for letting us use Odd Zero music. If you like what you hear in the podcast, subscribe on your favorite app, give us a rating, and write a review. And if you'd like to take the next step and make change in your life, check out the Hardcore Humanism therapy and coaching program at hardcorehumanism.com. So get at it, Hardcore Humans. See you next time.